Take the guesswork out of your cannabis shopping with the ECS DNA kit by Endocana Health. If you take pride in your canna nerdiness or are just canna curious, this kit empowers you to find more about the best cannabis choices. Right now, you can save 25% off your DNA test at endodna.com using promo code POD25. Your purchase includes the Endo DNA Collection Kit, Endo Decoded Report, personalized cannabinoid and terpene suggestions, and Endo Align products matching in your state. There will also be suggested dosage guidelines and optimum methods for inhalation or usage. Once you know your personal ECS data, you can shop Endo supplements tailored specifically for you. And right now, Endo DNA is celebrating their new patent with a buy one, get one offer on their Afika soft gel lineup. And since I know that many of you struggle with sleep, I want to highlight Afika Unwind, created to support health sleep cycles using patented proprietary formulations of hemp-derived CBD, terpenes, and essential oils. If sleep is eluding you, sweet dreams are in your future. Buy one for yourself and get one for a friend at endodna.com. And don't forget promo code POD25 at the checkout for 25% off your DNA test kit. My husband and I had this idea about a stash box because we wanted something that Virginians could celebrate and be commemorative. So our first version of our stash boxes had a decal on it that celebrated Virginia. It was Virginia talking about legalization. That was our first release. This is The Cannamom Show, a podcast chronicling the inspiring stories of real women in the emerging cannabis industry. Your host, Joyce Gerber, mom, lawyer, political activist, has been speaking with women from coast to coast and around the world who are leaders in the revolution of cannabis and caregiving, continuing on her mission to lift up the stories of the women creating the cannabis industry by sharing their canna stories with you. So go make yourself a cup of tea or roll yourself a joint, sit back and learn something new about this magical plant on The Cannamom Show with Joyce Gerber. From the Tip O'Neill Studios in North Cambridge, Massachusetts, it's the Cannamom Show. Now here's your host, Joyce Gerber. Welcome back to the Cannamom Show, where you can always look forward to us talking about caring for and giving voice to women in the emerging cannabis industry, one can of story at a time. So I did have a really good Thanksgiving, Dave, lots of family and friends and things. Did you cook? I do not cook. No. <laughs> I did bring the weed, though. <laughs> That's what you do. Yeah. <laughs> That's what the Cannamom does. That's my job. Um, I also got a little reading done this weekend because people were in and out, and I wanted to I did a little theater recommendation last week. I'm going to do a book recommendation this week. Oh, cool. So I just read this book by Celeste Ng. I know I always hold stuff up in our podcast. It's called Our Missing Heart. Celeste is actually a Cambridge resident, and it is – I'm going to just read this. So it's called um, Our Missing Hearts. It's set in a future Cambridge one where Asian Americans are targeted and their children are taken. But one thing I love about our missing hearts is that the librarians are the heroes. Wow. Well, now, first of all, speaking of librarians, did you take that book out of the library? 
I do. I actually, and I, I love my local library. Yeah. And I have a library. I don't use many apps, but I do use the Minuteman library app to get books. And I have a new one waiting for me because I finished this one. Well, that's very cool. And the other thing I noticed is sort of echoes of The Handmaid's Tale there, which also takes place in a dystopian future and also takes place in Cambridge, Mass., among other places. I, I don't know if I find that interesting. We're like mm-hmm. Cambridge. We're known as progressive Cambridge, and yet all the dystopian things happen here in the future. Maybe because these writers get freedom to think here. <laughs> yeah, I guess. The, the How could that ever happen at Cambridge? But who knows what the future holds? Who knows? Anyway, so I do love that the librarians are. I love libraries, obviously. I was even the, back in the day, I was the assistant library volunteer at my kids' school for many years. So I like really appreciated that every school in Cambridge, Massachusetts has a librarian, like for real. And we talk about this a lot about in public education. What an important position. That person holds the entire school together. For sure. Every librarian is interesting to me because if you know that much about that many books across that many subjects... That's uh, that's someone I want to talk to. I'm glad they're being saluted. I'm glad, too. So, yeah, so superheroes, librarians, Cambridge resident, and it's just a really awesome story. So Our Missing Hearts, and that was my that's my, my theater, music, art review for today on The Cannon Mom Show. <laughs> Thumbs up from The Cannon Mom Show. Thumbs up. Okay, and, of course, it's the holiday season, so I'm just going to say it one more time. I love my buddy by Budwell. It is literally the perfect stocking stuffer. You get a personalized, it has a little, you get a black tip, a gold tip. I just think it's really cute. So if you're a can- sophisticated cannabis person, you like small dosing, I'm a microdoser myself, the Buddy by My Budwell is a really good option for getting them. And that's a vape pen, but it, but it works with dry leaf or what? It's you all vaping and it's a, it's a, <laughs> it's <laughs> a flower. It's for a flower. I know, look at you. <laughs> this is a flower, a single hitter. So you grind it up, you put a little bit in the end and you take a couple of puffs and that's all you need. We talk a lot about dosing. And for me, this feels very accurate. It's, it's better smoking a whole joint. So that's just my, my personal preference as a sophisticated can of Mount Stoner. <laughs> very cool. Very cool. And I think that's... Oh, and, and one more gift idea. My friend Dory Wiley down in Texas has a great business called Half Baked Housewives. She's got some good stuff on her site. And she's got these hemp soaps. It's called High Hopes Hemp. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be good for your skin. So another good stocking stuffer and supporting the cannabis industry through hemp. So. Also a great name. There, there seems no limit to the number of plays on words for cannabis products. High hopes. That's good. <laughs> that is true. That's a good point. All right. So that's all happy things. One more thing before we move on to today's guest. I do want to remind our listeners that Brittany Griner oh. remains in a Russian prison and we cannot forget her. I mean, Dave, can you imagine if like a famous male basketball star like Michael Jordan or someone was hung up in Russia, an Olympian? Do you not think there would be more done? I I've come around to admitting, yes, I think it would be a bigger deal. And the story just keeps getting darker. We, as we record this, I saw this morning that she was moved to like a prison camp. It sounds like a gulag. It sounds like something awful. That is a nightmare come true. And, and I hope somebody's in the government is fighting for her. So do not forget her. She, I mean, I know it sort of started the cannabis story because of the, um, cartridges obviously this turned into a political intrigue i don't know what's going to happen to her but don't forget her and again just think about the parallels if this was a male olympian who was caught up in this situation i think there'd be more uproar agreed. agreed i'm with you all right sad but i just have to make sure people remember okay and then before we get on today's show i want to thank today's show partner the resort at westmoreland in jamaica for making today's show possible 
Awesomeness. All right, we are ready for today's guest. Today's guest joins us from Virginia, where she lives with her family and founded her business, Lock Green, a smell-proof and lockable cannabis storage system. She has journeyed from corporate America to cannabis entrepreneur, and along the way has found the time to advocate on behalf of social equity, volunteer with Virginia Normal, and raise three kids. Please welcome to the Cannamom Show, Sarah Kia Morton. Welcome. Hello. Thank you for having me. Hello, hello. So I actually own one of these. I have traveled with it. I love it. I think it's great. Yay. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So before we get into all that, let's just talk about how you got here. So you didn't start as a cannabis advocate or interested, really. You sort of like transitioned into the cannabis world. So how did you actually manage your transition from your corporate life to where you are now? What was sort of the transition about how that happened? Yeah, well, I guess just from corporate to cannabis started in 2020 with the pandemic. I was working in corporate America, been there for about 15 years. I was driving new business development for one of the largest employee benefit consulting firms in the country. I would, But I was just burnt out. So me separating from corporate America was totally separate from cannabis, but it came and it worked out perfectly because when I left corporate America, it didn't make sense financially or any other way, (laughs) but it just was something that felt, you know, something that I felt in my soul. And now I see why, because so many things happened between the end of 2020, when I pulled away from corporate America, I just had a baby. There was no daycare available. I could not work my high end, my high performing job. So I pulled away. And then in 2021, starting the company, it gave me space to be able to do that. I that's actually a good mom. That's actually like just sort of a generational mom story. That's a good way to kind of begin. All right. So just what was your relationship with cannabis before this? I know you lived in Denver and now you're Virginia. So how did this actually what was your relationship with cannabis? And had you actually before 2020 really imagined yourself in the cannabis industry? Yeah, well, not necessarily. I guess, you know, the whole roles road started about 12 years ago. My husband had a cannabis conviction in college that affected him. This was 12 years ago, about so, that affected him when he was trying to switch jobs. And at that time, he had a job opportunity that was great. And then he had a cannabis opportunity to go to Denver. And as you can imagine, the Denver opportunity was so far away in my mind at that point, because it was like cannabis to me was the reason why we were in this situation, the reason why he found it a hard time to find a job. And cannabis had given us so many complications in life. That well, that's interesting. That's, that, that was your base. That's where you're coming from. Yeah. Cannabis is the problem. Okay. Exactly. It is the problem. And then when he said, oh, it's this opportunity in Denver. I said, what? For weed? Are you serious? No, that's crazy. And we had just had a baby at that point. I, I just keep having babies, right? I just had a baby at that <laughs> a baby point. A baby move. A baby move. That's like <laughs> a baby that. A baby move. And, 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 and then we just bought a house. I had a great job. So anyways, what we decided, long story short, is that he's going to go to Denver. We're going to stay in Virginia. You're going to test the waters and see. So six years later, he ended up being there about six years, worked his way up, ended up ended up owning a, uh, a grow facility, selling oh, wow. that, coming back to Virginia. But those six years, he was literally home for a week out of the month and there for the rest of the month. So, what, so, again, so again, he got in trouble for it at a 
mm-hmm. level that impacted his uh, professional career. And what did you think yep. of cannabis? And were you part of the, Did you like to use it? Did you think it was like, what did you think of it this whole no, time? No, no, I really wasn't a cannabis consumer at that point at all. I mean, occasionally it was just kind of something like when we were chilling, I would partake with him, but I wasn't, I didn't even know the social, social impacts at that point. It was over those six years, really, that my eyes were opened to the medicinal benefits of it, the social injustices of it. I mean, all of that. I mean, my eyes were opened, even to how it could help me be a better mom and just relax a little bit. I, my eyes were opened during that time. So at first it was like this problem that I saw it as a problem. And I'm like, why are you going out there for this? And then it was like, whoa, this is a lot more complicated and in-depth than I even thought it was in the beginning. So yeah. And again, so yeah, we're going to talk more about the kids maybe a little bit later, but how old were your kids when this was all sort of going on? Well, one was a newborn and the other one was three. So three and a newborn was when my husband actually left for the first time. I mean, well, about a year, about a year. I can't say. Okay, so they were very little. So they've grown up with it. Very little, very little. Yes. So did you ever go to, so did you move to Denver? Was that at at any point? No, 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 we never moved to Denver. He was just commuting back and forth that whole time, that whole time. I stayed here with the kids and the job and the house. Okay. All right, that's like yes. that's a big impact, like for like him to be in this industry, building something new. You're raising yes. children, and it's like a lot's going on at the same time. Okay. Um, oh yeah. Okay, so you said Amer- so now it's 2020, and you're doing your normal job, and then you you mentioned that it was a COVID reset. That's how you explained it to me when you talked yes. about it. Yes. So, yes. So like it was. That, yeah. So what were you again? I think a lot of women went through this, especially having. My children were older, they were in college, so I wasn't teaching them, but all these women who were stuck at home with their kids and yep. doing a thousand things. And even though we'd always been doing a thousand things at once, people weren't really watching us do it. And now everybody could see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it was different too, because at that time I had a newborn on my lap as I'm trying to do this high performing job and goals going down my throat during a global pandemic with two other children in homeschool in the room next to me, one of which wasn't doing very well at all. It was just different than our normal mother bustle. So that reset normal mama, was That's a good word. Mama bustle. Yes. Like that. <laughs> that's, that's what we do, right? We handle it all. But it was different. It was very different. So being that I was able to pull away and really trust my gut at that moment when it didn't make sense, it created space for me to start Lot Green when that vision came. When that vision came, it was 2021. I live in Virginia, as you mentioned. The then governor moved legalization of cannabis to July 1st, 2021, when it was supposed to be in 2024. So that's three years difference moving it up. Oh, and I didn't so, know that. It's interesting. That's a change. Oh, yeah. In, yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was April. As of July 1st, he made use and possession of cannabis legal, the ability to grow up to four plants in your home, the ability to share cannabis between people, and a few other things. Those things became legal in July. So my husband and I had this idea about a stash box because we wanted something that Virginians could celebrate and be commemorative. So our first version of our stash boxes had a decal on it that celebrated Virginia. It was Virginia talking about legalization. That was our first release. But also we wanted to do what we could to help prevent families from being in the situation that we were several years ago, where you have a cannabis conviction, your jobs are impacted where you live or impact the student loans, et cetera. I mean, the impacts go on and on. Right. So 
How can we do that? We can educate the community on the new laws, and we can also provide a stash box that helps with locking it away from kids, helps when you travel with it in your car, because specifically in Virginia, the open container law was and currently is still very foggy. It's not clear. And as there's so many people, I'm sure you may have talked to on your show, who have horror stories of traffic stops in Canvas. Yep. We have them as well. <laughs> and yep. when there's confusion in the law and people don't know what the law really states because it's not really clear, the police don't know, the, the, the citizens don't know, it can be a mess. So really that was what spurred us saying, okay, what can we do? We can provide a stash box that protects people as they travel in their cars with cannabis. They lock it up and they put it in their trunk and the cops don't even know it's there. And if they do know it's there, it's out of reach. It's in your trunk. You're as safe as can be. All right. So, okay. So I was going to get to this. So, let's, so the problem you're trying to solve is that this idea that it's now legal, but there's confusion, especially with um, law enforcement about yes. smell and what is searchable and what is accessible. Again, it's a very the, the law enforcement people have a lot of leeway in terms of who they're going to arrest and who they're going to judge. And, exactly. and you're trying to create a situation where you can still purchase this product, have it in your possession, but it's very safe and the law enforcement cannot make a decision against you. I mean, basically. Exactly. They don't know what yeah. Do the best to protect yourself in those situations. Right. Yes. And, and again, I talk a lot about moms and, and I talk always about moms and we talk a lot about you keep your, your pills and your things away from your children. Yep. They, they should know clearly that they shouldn't be touching it, but you can't trust them. They're not that trustworthy. <laughs> <laughs> of course not. The children always not. buy things. <laughs> <laughs> so, so resourceful. <laughs> you, you know, again, I. I <laughs> so again, if you have this box that you have that's containing all of your items and you can actually create a you know lock, they, they might know where it is and you can talk about it very openly with them, but it keeps them from being so curious that they take it without asking for it. So I think that's another use for this. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk a lot about that when it comes to the use of our stash boxes. It's for protect, it's to provide peace in mind for consumers when they store away from children, pets, and other yep, people, yep. and also when they're traveling in their cars. Yes. Okay. So this, I actually have one, but you describe it if you want to. And it comes in different <laughs> sizes too. Yes. Yeah, so our stash boxes, they are smell proof, as mentioned, and they have a built in combination lock on and them. I just describe how big they are too. They're just they're two different um, sizes, right? Yeah, one is about, oh gosh, I should know this. One is about 10 and a half inches wide, and the smaller one is about maybe eight inches. Five, like can eight people, by five? Yeah. Can people see this? No, it's, it's, audio it's audio only. So Okay, audio only. Okay, I was going to show one. And I'm always holding it up. Like, and this is this. So I can describe it. It's a square, uh, rectangular box rectangle. with a handle on either side. What's the material on the outside? You know, yes. So, so it is, it's covered in 1080D polyester and only fabric nerds know what that is, but it's very durable. It's a yep. hard case. case. It's an EVA case. It's an EVA yeah, so, yeah, case. So it, it's hard covered. So it's solid. It's not like soft. And it pressure. is not smush. It is yep. not smush, which was really important for us. And it has a waterproof zipper, which seals the smell in. It doesn't even look like a zipper. If you look at it, when you open it up, you can see it's, it's, a, it's a tougher open Oh, yeah, it's like, like a rubber. Like, yeah, that's a good point. I didn't know that was waterproof. That's a good point. Uh-huh, yep, yep. Oh, okay. Now, 
Now the entire box is water resistant, but that particular type of um, zipper is called a waterproof zipper. But when you open it up on the inside, we wanted to create a stash box that 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 appealed to the everyday consumer all the way to the occasional consumer who just stored it away. So we put lots of pockets so, so that you can store things. It's a big mesh pocket when you first open it. And then there's elastic bands on like a divider inside of it because it's, it makes it so easy for you to put like accessories, a lighter, your dad Oh, is that what this, so the weight, the yes. part? Oh, you uh -huh. can put things yep. in there. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I know people can't see this, but you can, you stick it through like oh. this. Yep. I did not know that. Yeah. That You could even put like cleaning things like in there if you needed to. That's yeah. right. That's right. Or I put my vape pen. I put oh, my packs in there. Oh, it'd be a perfect place for the buddy. <laughs> very perfect it's perfect for the buddy it's perfect the buddy fits right in there yeah and that's what that is for so it will not move okay so you want your things to be secure when you're storing them and traveling with them so they don't move and those bands help with that those elastic bands oh that's and then, good I, I actually didn't know that maybe I, yes okay because I've, I've used it so that's actually another good little feature i thought it was just pretty i thought it was just like another cover to kind of, kind of like keep it oh pretty. no i'm glad okay. we're having this conversation <laughs> And then inside, it's actually divided. There's sections inside. Yes, underneath that 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 divider that has the elastic band, you flip it up. There's more pockets. But then at the bottom, where all the space is, there are dividers that can move around or come completely out, depending on how you want your stash box to be. So we wanted it to be customizable, and that is really important too, because you might have small things, you might have some things you, you don't want to move, and move those dividers close together, or spread them apart, or take them completely out. So yes, that is how our stash box goes. It's durable. I mean, and it I has a around all the time. It, it has a combination lock on it, right? It has a built-in combination lock, which is really important because that is what protects you. That's what protects kids from getting in, pets from getting in. That's what protects you. So if the cop pulls you over and you have to disclose for, disclose for some reason, I don't know why you would, but if you do, hey, it's locked up and in my trunk. I can't even reach it. It's out of my yeah. reach. I can't be maybe, consuming maybe while driving. Maybe. Yeah, maybe they're following you from the dispensary. Who knows what people are doing? Exactly. Specifically, who I knows? There are places like we're having some issues with these dispensaries. So you don't know who's following you, who's coming after, whatever. There's a whole nother that's level. Right. Of it's, it's smart just to have it in your that's car. Right. That's yeah. right. We're all about protection. We're trying to protect cannabis consumers. <laughs> Let uh, us do what we do in peace and following along with the law. And don't bother us because yeah. we're doing it safely. <laughs> and it, and it's just, again, it's very discreet. It's, it doesn't, I mean, I, I, so you did say you did the first one with branded. You did a brand for Virginia. Is that something that yes. you're kind of like getting out to people? They can do like a branded box that they can use to give to yes. people or so. Yeah. Is that okay? Yeah, so we do allow our wholesale customers, the businesses that carry us, we do have some that have a branded stash box. So we do customize the stash boxes. Right now, it's only for businesses. But yes, they, they can put their logo right there on the front and sell it like that, brand it. And it can be branded for a company logo. It can be like a anniversary celebration. We're talking to someone getting their employees branded stash boxes for Christmas. All their employees get branded stash boxes because their employees are on the road. So it's really creative things that we have done with our stash boxes beyond just, hey, buy it on e-com, which is amazing because we've reached all states, hundreds yes, of people. Okay. Yeah, so, so who, like, where are you selling this? Is it available in retail? Where can you find? I know it's online, but. Yes, yep, yep. It's on our website, www.lock dash green.com so think about you're locking your green right mm -hmm. yep. <laughs> lock dash green.com and also businesses can register to be a wholesale retailer and that's on our website as well 
All right, it's a great product. All right, let's talk more about what, what you're doing too. In addition to your doing this work in your community and almost every woman I talk to, every woman I've talked to talk, talks about education, what they're doing oh, yeah. with their community, how they're you know going to be, they're adding value to this industry. That's what I, you know, the yes. women are doing it and they're stepping up and they want to have a business that's successful. We talk a lot about small businesses on the show, but they also mm-hmm. want to have an impact on how this moves forward. So you said 2021 was adult use. So what's really been going on in Virginia since 21? And I know you have been involved with some of the social equity and normal. What are some of the issues you're trying to focus on with the state that you think you can have some impact on or are you doing anything nationally too, I guess, but you're, but you're in Virginia right now. You're focused. Yeah, yeah. Well, 2022, this past uh, legislative session was really a dunce for us in Virginia. Mm. Right now, our adult use sales cannot start until 2024. But that timeline is looking a little shaky now because there wasn't much done this year. So in 2023, in January, when our General Assembly gets together, it's going to it's, it's going to be really interesting to see what they do in Virginia. So this is for retail? This is just for retail? This is and- for retail sales. Right now, the only, there's only uh, four dispensaries, and they are only for medical patients. In Virginia, you can have, you can consume, you can grow cannabis, but you cannot sell it mm-hmm. unless you are one of those medical dispensary so it's really interesting that is, <laughs> how all right, but people get cannabis here <laughs> that is interesting all right so new york yeah. is just i know so massachusetts we're since 2016 and i've seen i've seen the rollout and now it's there's so much more retail here and i will say the medicinal part of the industry is getting lost and it worries me but that's another story mm-hmm. i uh, <laughs> i mean mm-hmm. i think it's going to end up this is i say this i think that it's going to be descheduled it's going to be treated like some kind of supplement maybe under the FDA and then the medicinal, they're going to have to work that part out backwards. I worry that might be the where we're heading. And it also feels like now because we've created these problems with Delta eight and other things that non cannabis, non THC friendly states are doing, they're creating a whole new set of problems that shouldn't even exist. And they're kind of pitting oh, yeah. the hemp people against the cannabis, which is so wrong. <laughs> it's oh just- yeah. That's happened here in Virginia as well. I- yeah follow you on that yeah um, <laughs> all right so virginia is an agricultural state are you involved with the hemp part of this or no, no? not okay. at all okay. not at all yeah okay so what do you so what do you think is happening so i know like okay i do massachusetts so i know we have the social equity programs which are mm-hmm. kind of helping not always helping we do have it's very municipality centric so you you know it's state but every municipality gets to make the decisions and they've had all these weird things like you have to have these host agreements that in Include like extortion fees, basically, that they're finally setting back on and they have to be super nice to everybody in the community. And you also have the federal issues where you can't deduct business expenses and all these other things that are going on. So what are you trying to, are you working on the social equity, trying to make sure that this part doesn't get forgotten or who are you kind of focusing on your work or who are you talking to? Well, in Virginia, they've outlined what social equity looks like. And they did that back in 2021 with all that legislation that happened then. But then we had our we had a Republican shift, so they didn't want to touch social equity with a ten foot pole. So we are looking to push those those things forward as best as we can. But I've already gotten a little birdie talking talking and saying that don't even mention social equity, call it something else because yeah. as soon as you say social equity, they will shut down, which yeah. is really sad. But politics is hmm. No, I guess you just take the sound to describe what I, think. <laughs> I don't even have words to describe. And again, mm. and again, this idea that 
the reason our country looks the way it does is because of government. I mean, like natural segregation isn't natural. It was created. And now we have these problems that we're trying to fix and cannabis can't fix everything. But this is a new area of business that could be developed differently. And I talk a lot about this with the women leaders that if we could have leadership that looked different, we have women in this industry who are healed. I mean, literally they're healed. That's why they're in the industry, because even though it's ridiculously hard and you feel like you're hitting your head against a brick wall all the time, they un- they're evangelized and they know what this could mm-hmm. be. So that's kind of, oh, yeah. I-, I hope this could be heading, but I can see how yes. it start because of the, because of the capital and you still have the same old people talking to the same old people, creating the same old policies. It's being developed like a business. So yeah, and they're making the same mistakes over and over again. That's the thing yeah. that's frustrating is each state legalizes and they make the same mistakes. It's so frustrating. So, yeah. Well, I well mean, even getting access. To, I mean, again, we've sort of accepted uh, that it's really expensive to get into the industry. But again, why? Why mm. is it so expensive? Why do you need so much money? Why are we only allowing a certain number of people to come in to certain states? If we wouldn't limit the number of bookstores. Uh, I, <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh, we, don't, my we, don't, goodness. we don't treat this like a business. So I can, I'm sure it's happening yeah. the same way there. And the idea that we could give um, a group of people a leg up, like intentionally, just frustrates other people who feel like they're being left out without understanding that they were always the people who got always, they always got everything. Yeah, they always get, but also it's the people who were disproportionately affected. And we know black and brown people disproportionately affected by arrests and convictions. I mean, yep. that's not even debatable. Look at the numbers, okay? Like, to, so that's already happened. And then what happens is when these states legalize, they say, oh, if you have a cannabis conviction, you can't even apply for for a license. So really, a really, you're really trying to shut the folks out and keep the people who always had the money there and shut the folks who, who really have been hurt by the, these laws and they're in jail for doing the same thing that another person is doing who has a lot of money, the same thing, right? And if we're telling the person who's doing it right now that it's okay, but yet someone's still in jail, that's a problem. That's a problem. So yeah, it's it's about just making sure to try to create an even playing field as best as possible. And that gets complicated. Mm-hmm. That gets complicated. And it's just, I mean, again, I don't, Virginia, I assume you're somewhat conservative at your look at the state level. I don't know who's elected. I don't know who the local officials are who are trying to be influenced, but I imagine they're somewhat conservative. And what I talk about a lot on the show is that, you know, this is the Venn diagram. Cannabis touches everybody and everything. It's not the devil's lettuce. Everybody, everybody gets it. Anybody can get healed. And the idea that, again, if you're a conservative, a progressive, this is a plant that can heal the earth and heal our bodies in that the policies that are were made were really bad, which meant the law enforcement people who had to enforce them had to do some really bad stuff. And the policies are influenced by people like you, Sarah, and mm-hmm. other people who are talking or running to be their policymakers. So you're trying to do that. You are trying to influence what the decisions are by having them hear a different voice. Oh, yeah. And it takes deprogramming. It takes yeah. deprogramming from everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody. And what do you what do you hear? What is some, what are some of the like? What are you what are you trying? What are you hearing back about like how this how this industry should look in Virginia? Or what are some of the specifics that people are asking for that seem to be like? Are you, do you have a lot of MSOs trying to come in? Do you have? Oh yeah, that's what those? I was getting ready to say. Yeah. One thing is that the local people want to be involved. They want to be business owners in yeah. this industry, and. Virginia, as with many other states, the big MSOs come in. Why? Because when they are looking at the licensing, the top thing they consider is capital. 
Mm-hmm. And guess who has capital? Yeah. So, well, that's how it was in Virginia. And I would imagine the same as in well, they, I mean, even in Massachusetts, when they came in, it was uh, medicinal. So it had to be seed to sale. That's how I set it up. So the yes. people could come in, seed to sale had a lot of capital. And, same and thing then, here, vertically and, integrated. Yes. They're like doing across uh-huh. states. And then when the adult retail licenses came out, like my city specifically said they medicinal couldn't get it first and they sued the city. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Lawsuits after lawsuits after lawsuits. But, but they yes. lost and they kind of pissed a lot of people off. But yeah. it's interesting. But yeah. a lot of other communities, if you had the medicinal, that was the person who got the first retail. That was just how it played out. Yeah. 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 And then some people resent that. Some people resent that, too, because it's like, well, the people who have medicinal are the MSOs. So you're giving the opportunity for retail right back to the MSOs and forgetting about the local people. Well, that's literally what I'm like. Like they're literally setting up people to fail. So I was hoping that maybe other states weren't doing that. But maybe they're like, if you came in as a if you came in at a certain level, you can't Mm -hmm. get it. Are they limiting the number of doorfronts anybody can have? Are they doing any of that? Well, what they have is these proposed laws that were written in 2021 that are up for reenactment. So. Although they were proposed under a Democrat, Democratic legis, uh, legislative body, if you will, last year when it was under Republicans, it got it went nowhere. So we have to see it's going to have to be rewritten, recrafted for this year, 2023, I'm sorry, 2023, and see how it looks after it goes through all the process that it needs to go through. I'm I mean, sure it'll think, be different. I mean, the whole idea of having state incubators, I guess, is that each day could do a little bit differently. We could learn from each other, but we don't seem to be learning the right thing. <laughs> no, I, that, that's what the frustrating part is. The same mistakes, it it burns me up. It absolutely burns me up that they make the same mistakes over and over. That's why, um, again, that's why I think yeah. we need the leadership. I talk a lot about this is a new industry. We could do things differently. Things look a certain way because they were, somebody decided it. So we could decide something different. I don't, do a lot of this work. I just talk to women who are, but I can see you yes. out there trying to do this. Um, Absolutely. As caregivers and moms and community members and saying that capital is important. Obviously these are businesses, but what else can we do to create a new industry that takes care of people? I mean, that's really the dream that we could that's try right. to shift the perspective kind of coming back to the COVID. I mean, like, so when my kids were little, I was literally told you cannot do your job at home, which was had its own stress. And then mm-hmm. the moms are all at home. <laughs> and yes, the idea that we need to have, I had to pretend I didn't have kids half the time, but this idea oh, that man. if you're going to be a professional, you need to have an industry or place where caregivers are valued and we recognize that they have value and that they can do a lot of things, but you need to give them some support. That's right. That's Absolutely. All right. Absolutely. Um, okay. We're going to like take a quick break with my friend, Sarah Kia Morton, founder of Lock Green, the safe can of storage after we thank today's show partner, the resort at Westmoreland. I want to thank the resort at Westmoreland, a cannabis-friendly 21-plus property located on a four-acre plot in Negril, Jamaica, from making today's show possible. Are you interested in a cannabis-friendly getaway this winter? Well, I know the place for you. The resort at Westmoreland is a 16-room resort that offers a restaurant that serves African-American and Jamaican cuisine for you to enjoy. It has a swimming pool and a full-service bar. The resort sits on a beautiful four-acre plot located in Negril, Jamaica, and is a nine-minute walk or a three-minute drive to the infamous Cliffs, Seven Mile Beach, Rick's Cafe, and Rock House. In addition, the resort at Westmoreland provides airport transportation to and from Montego Bay Airport and, of course, a complimentary breakfast. 
The resort at Westmoreland will be fully operational in January 2023, and they would love for you to bring in the new year with them and be one of the first to stay at their newly renovated private resort. And don't forget to tell them that the Canada Mom Show sent you. All right, back with Sarah Kia Morton. All right, let's talk about family. <laughs> you have um, three children, right? How old are they now? Yes, I have a 16, a 13, and a two and a half. I meant to talk to you like last year because I have a 15, a 12, and a two. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Funny. <laughs> they just um, had birthdays, the big ones. <laughs> okay. So again, I talk a lot to moms about the normalization of the cannabis in their household and what their kids think. So your kids are, have been in this the whole time. They've been here since they were babies. They've seen it a oh, yeah. lot and now they're teenagers. So I don't know, let's yeah. talk about maybe how your older kids talk about it and what you do, maybe, maybe what you do differently with a two-year-old now that you've been in the industry for longer. Or, yeah. So what do you talk about it? What do they know about it? Yeah. 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 What's funny is I make reels about this a lot on my Instagram page. So follow me at Lot okay. Products on Instagram. I have a couple real funny ones. I'd have my kids involved, but my two oldest ones, the 16 and 13, they're boys. They've always seen daddy go set, go to his office and smoke. Like he's, they've already, they've always seen that. They've always seen more so him because I'm more of like, I like to do at the end of the day when I relax or certain times. So I'm more like occasional, but they, they've seen their parents do that, their lives. And we've always talked to them. If anything, they see daddy go away and he's in there smoking. They know that he's going to be more relaxed by the time he's done. There's a, there's a little bit of my mom <laughs> friends. My mom friends, my cat and mom friends are like, uh, mom, I think you need to go. That's <laughs> they right. Know they know. That is right. That's right. And me and my friends, when we get together, we're the same way. We're like, oh my God. We're like, you know, let, we have a joint or our pen, vape pens or whatever. We're just like, listen, we need to be able to be good moms and relax for a second because they are. So, but yeah, so they've seen it. They've seen it their whole lives. We've talked to them about it. We, They know, the big kids know that a lot of people view it as a negative thing or a bad thing and why they view it that way and why they're wrong. Mm -hmm. See, that's the thing is like, we have to be deprogrammed. We grew up, you know, my, me and my sisters and my friends, you know, we grew up in a dare program, yep. right? You know, just say no to drugs and cannabis, weed, marijuana is the same as cocaine and all these yeah. other things, right? Mm -hmm. Lies, mm -hmm. lies. So we make sure to educate our children. They see consumption. They know do not touch it. Of course, we still lock it up because like you said in the beginning, kids can still not be trusted. <laughs> they are not trustworthy, no matter how good they are. They are sneaky things. I don't know. I know. <laughs> I know. One of the reels I made, my kids had different characters and my oldest was like the sneaky teenager and it shows him like trying to sneak and get out, but he can't get it out of the stash box. So yes, I get it. I absolutely get it. Absolutely get it. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. But, uh, like my kids are old now. Like my son came yeah. home and I'm like, I got to make sure there's cannabis here so he gets access to it. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're trying to give them access. I'm not at that point yet in my motherhood journey. <laughs> well, I, could, I, I say this a lot. I, I could have used it when they were little. I would have been a better mom. So, all right. So they've grown yeah. up with it. They've seen it with you did you get any yes. pushback in Virginia from your friends or when they were little they knew that your husband was working in the cannabis industry no not at all no not at all you know I tell the story all the time about being in corporate America and going to luncheons and galas and all these fancy events because I was really in a, a community facing role and people asking me as a woman what does your husband do and I would always say oh he sells weed or I would say something funny and you know something like what what and these are like 
high ranking executives in these like stuffy positions. And I just enjoyed the reaction. And I can honestly say out of all those years, while my husband was away, I never got any negative pushback. If anything, it was curiosity. Yeah. And also a sharing of their personal stories. What happened at their at their Always. Super Bowl party yep. or back when they went to Denver? I mean, I've heard so many stories from the most unlikely people. Oh, well, that's what the podcast. <laughs> and I, people, people tell me, <laughs> I'm like people I would never have thought because I was very straight. That's I was right. much more straight laced, and then I would start talking about it. And everybody's got a story, and they just that's right. It's a lot of this is shame. I talk about you know, a lot of people just have yes. shame, and they don't talk about it because they don't know who to talk to. Us. And then if they open up, they feel really good. So they yeah, so that's what they, they want to share. That's funny, yeah, and I think it's also like the space that we're in. You came from corporate America as well. You have that attorney background and things like that. Like when you're in these spaces. We are their peers in that space. So if we're talking about it, we're not like the stereotypical exactly. like kid couch potato that they're talking to. They're talking to one of their peers about it. So I use that as a, a superpower, if you will, to talk about cannabis. Exactly. I come from the corporate space. I'm not your stereotypical person. I don't even like that you stereotype, but I know what you think of me. So let me talk about this in an educated way so that exactly. you can get a different thought process about cannabis which is what the show is literally all about the idea that i play tennis i wear pearls i have a law degree and i do talk about this plant in a very normalized way and i was very popular at thanksgiving this year and the weekend <laughs> after because my cousins were in town and they had some people who didn't know what i did and i just showed up looking like me and they're like are you the cannabis show person i'm like <laughs> but i gave I everybody it. lighters and people have lots of questions. Like everybody has yes. questions. Like I was at my sister-in-law's the other day. They're just, you can go and have a bud tender, but I feel like this is a thing for women to do. Like almost like the Avon party, almost like all of this. It's like sitting down together and talking about what it is, how you can use it in a many, many, many That's different right. ways. I love talking about suppositories. I was, <laughs> I just, <laughs> this is really good for men, women in menopause, women who are having mm -hmm. menstrual pains. It goes to cycle, mm -hmm. not, it doesn't get, um, metabolize through your liver, which is a really good thing. So there's a lot for mm -hmm. us to teach and learn and try to help keep people healthy together. Okay. Yes, absolutely. All right. So, and then you have a two-year-old. So when you're two-year-old, like the first time around, were you like a little concerned because you had little kids and then how did that work with the next, the new one? The new one. Not at all. I wasn't, I wasn't concerned at all because it's not like she's right there when consumption is happening, but she sees like my husband in his office, he has like his glass pieces and his little his little refrigerator where he puts his concentrates in and like he'll say the terps he'll say little words and like laugh and she's like terps what was her first word he'll do something like that and he'll teach her or like he'll take the take the alcohol and the q-tip cleaning it and allow her to kind of like go like just stuff that is she's not around it but it's just like this is a part of our lives this exactly. is a part of daddy's life specifically with all the glass pieces i'm not a big glass person that's too much that's, work for me but, but that is the normalization <laughs> that's again it's yes we are ruled by stories and we were telling our yes. kids I, so many ladies have we're in dare programs. It's so funny. We're a whole yes. generation of dare women who are now raising this next generation and being like, that was wrong. And I'm yes. going to talk to you in a different way. And if this person, you know, if you're in school and they start talking about this, these kids can talk back. I mean, they yes. understand what the, they can see the hypocrisy because I think back in the day, a lot of these ladies said, oh, their parents were using cannabis. A lot of them were veterans from the Vietnam war. 
mm-hmm. and they could see that their parents were using this for medicine and that yeah. they were better and then they would go to school and be told how terrible and horrible these people were and how they that's need right. to go to jail and that is just a terrible mind game to play on a kid that's right. <laughs> that's right that's right or i remember one time my son came home and they were asking what his parent did and he didn't want to say that he my husband at the time was before we had our business that he worked in cannabis he thought it was a bad thing and i told him listen you don't need to be ashamed of that this is what he does is completely legal and feel comfortable saying that and, and it so adds value to our talk then exactly yeah. that's awesome all right 2023 all right so i do love your box i did take it with me i think it's awesome yes, i love it i love it <laughs> what are you doing in 2023 trying to get out in different markets are you doing any traveling anything oh, like that yeah. that people want to hear about yep oh yeah so so much is going to be happening in 2023 really being very strategic about that but we look to get into more retailers retail locations across the country massachusetts is a a market where you are that we're looking to really dig into new york new jersey here on the east coast but also but actually across the country, but we're kind of focused on the East Coast for now, just to divide and conquer, not for any other reason. But that's going to be a, something big that we do. We're going to be looking to be at more conferences. We did Benzinga. We did um, the Black Cannabis Business Conference that I moderated on the main stage for in New Orleans last oh, wow. month. I missed MJ Biz, but my husband was there. Every, so everybody we, got sick there. Is he okay? <laughs> All my friends came he back got sick. sick. Oh. He got sick. But really? I didn't know everybody else got sick, but he got sick, but he took a COVID test and it wasn't COVID. I don't know, but he didn't take a second one. So it could have no, been COVID. I don't think it I was COVID. Know. Everybody came back, so they were sick. So He was definitely sick. You're right. And the other lady who I talked to was sick as well. But yeah, so we did that. We did CanaCon. So we did a lot of big ones this year. We're looking to really be strategic about getting into other ones in the markets that we really want to branch out into. Yeah. So you'll see more of us on the national scene. Yeah, yeah you're just going to see more of lot grain. This first year and a half has been ramp up for us. We first focused on Virginia and then we strategically branched out nationwide. Now we're in full nationwide mode. Of course, loving and supporting Virginia. Of course, we're always going to be Virginians based, but you're going to really see us more on a national scale, getting in front of more audiences in a variety of different ways. So we're really excited about 2023. It is a great product. And if they want to connect with you, they want to purchase one of these, what are the best way for my listeners to find you? Absolutely. If you go to our website, www.lock-green.com, don't forget the dash. Yes. And follow us on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram is my favorite at lock green products. There's no dash there. Lock green products. Please follow us there. If you're an Instagram or social media person, we have all the links in the bio. You can purchase right from our link in the bio as well. Those are the best ways to get in touch with us and the best ways to buy quick and easy. And we have a sale going, going on every once in a while. I know the timing of this is going to be yeah, different, yeah, yeah. but every <laughs> once in a while we have different things. So when you follow us, and join our Lot Green VIP email list. You get 20, 20% off your first purchase, but also you stay on top of all the sales and all the things that we have going on when we travel and any special offers that we roll out to our Lot Green VIPers. It's, it's good. You got it's like, again, even if you don't want it locked up, even just someplace that keeps everything together and it looks good and it's tidy and you carry it around, it's a perfect little device. So my friend who I just gave some stuff in a white paper bag, you could get this. <laughs> Um, there you go there you go (laughs) all right so thank you sarah thank you for joining us so that's another show so another show for my guest sarah kia morton and of course my canna bro david yaz and our canna mom show team i want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the canna mom show 
where we are on a mission to enhance the impact women have on the emerging cannabis industry by sharing and preserving their stories of love, kindness, wisdom, and hope. Thank you for following and sharing the inspiring stories of the women building this new industry so together we can crush the stigma around cannabis and caregivers. I'm your host, Joyce Gerber. This is the Cannamom Show, and we are a production of Pod 617, the Boston Podcast Network. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, my name is Leah Babrudi, and I'm the founder and host of Cannachicks Podcast, where I discuss cannabis, psychedelics, and other natural medicines. I not only interview people who use them as treatment for different conditions, but also the entrepreneurs who share their knowledge on how they built their businesses. If this sounds interesting to you, give my show a listen. I'm sure you'll learn something that'll surprise you.